What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Touch. I'm your host, Christian Williams, and I am here with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, dude? Doing pretty good. Just actually had a somewhat live draft this weekend. Uh, first one in a while now, so happy to do that. How'd you and, do? Uh, I sent you it. Uh, oh, oh, that yeah, one? Yeah. yeah. Dynasty startup, a very small team dynasty startup with people that haven't been in dynasty before so i took the he bullied hand- that's what he did no no i took the <laughs> handicap myself approach for the year and i took four people that are on the ir already i figured it was the most fair way to you're accomplish the goals the dude. Well, come on <laughs> you are your team's so good they already say that with so much expectations <laughs> yeah yeah it's probably gonna happen though um all right guys we're gonna jump right into it because we have a very long show tonight uh because and and stick with us here so we have been alluding to the podcast network and and the new shows that are coming for quite a while now and we actually have a finalized schedule so this episode of the cut podcast network is sponsored by better help is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals i've been there Whether it's frustrations with your job, your social situation, or something else, life can be challenging. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating within 48 hours. It's not a crisis line, and it's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 15,000-plus counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash podcast. That's Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for the Cut Podcast Network listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash podcast. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Cut Podcast Network. Well, almost. Yeah, kind of of almost finalized schedule. So here is the live show schedule for our our account on our YouTube, on our Twitter, on our in our Facebook group. This is what it will be, hopefully, for the entire season. So Mondays at ten thirty, we are sticking with this time. Um, It's going to be us in this time slot. Then on Wednesdays at 8 p.m., the coach approach is keeping their 8 p.m. slot too. And then this is where all the new stuff comes in. So this week is the debut of the college football cut with Adam and Jared. That is going to be Thursday nights at 10 p.m. They are going live. Fridays at 8 p.m. is the DFS Deep Dive podcast. So they are going live every Friday night to get you ready for, excuse me, your uh your DraftKings, your FanDuel, mostly DraftKings probably, and obviously some Thrive Fantasy. Shout out Thrive. Uh, Sunday mornings, we are going to have a live start sit show. I'm losing my voice already. We just fucking started. This is just terrible. (laughs) That's Uh, not good timing. (laughs) It's not great. Uh, We're going to have a live start sit uh, show where a ton of our podcasters and uh, other contributors maybe – and just other people hop on and answer start sit questions in the comments. Uh, 
and we'll probably open it up to to our Twitter as well. So uh, that will happen every Sunday morning. It's looking like 1030 to 1230 ish. And then one of the days Dynasty Central will uh, take over a night as well. Probably uh, we'll see. We'll I see would say Tuesday one. or Saturday yes. uh, would be yeah. the logical conclusion of that scenario. That is true. Uh, podcast will come out the day after for all of the podcasts. So if you aren't catching us live, you can still catch all of these shows on the podcast feed. If you listen on Spotify, you'll see the different uh, logos for each show. So you know which one you're listening to if you can't read. Um, and we're going to have an additional episode on Thursday morning strictly on the podcast. So like we've been doing, we're not going to yep. be doing our DFS show because the DFS deep dive is taking that over on Friday nights. Um, guys, we're still open. If you tweet at us with your questions, DFS wise, season long redraft, whatever, we will still answer all of those, but it's a, a packed every week. Every week is packed. So we're very, very excited for these shows to launch. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say DFS questions are also probably welcome on the Sunday morning start show. Um, I believe Brian who is on the DFS show is going to be one of the more consistent uh, parts of that show. Uh, so I'm sure he would love to answer those questions as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then outside of all the, the video and podcast content, uh, we'll have our weekly rankings up at the cutffb.com. So if you go to the cutffb.com slash rankings, you will see each week we'll have them updated. Uh, we've got articles incoming, and we just wanted to say thank you guys to uh, anyone who has been here for any period of time, but specifically those who have been here from the start. This is our third season. We've been around. I know a lot of accounts popped up uh, in the middle of the pandemic. We have been around far longer than that, so uh, it's crazy to think that we're in year three already, but we're ready to rock. Uh, it's going to be a, a season full of content and goodness, I hope. I hope we all win fantasy championships. That's that's the goal. Here, well, right? yeah, uh, hopefully I win more than you, but here we are. <laughs> that is fair. All right, Randy, do you have anything to add on the plugs side? No, no. I think that's okay. enough uh, yes. talk. I think they're going to hear enough about that on the timeline as well. So let's yes. just get going. Yes. All right. Our week one preview. This this is absurd. Football is back. This is very exciting. We are going to get through, hopefully, every single game on the slate this week. So Yeah, this week we'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> in, in coming weeks, it, it'll probably be uh, more selective. And, but... Yes. but week one, we're, we're full-fledged. We're, we're in it. So first game we have is the Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucs are eight-point home favorites. The over-under is 52 points. A uh, lot of, you know panic i've seen because zach martin the starting right guard for the dallas cowboys has been ruled out due to covid lyle collins the starting right tackle is potentially out but he is back at practice he had some neck issues so the question i have for you randy is what does that mean for the cowboys weapons are you fading zeke a little bit more than you would the pass catchers how are you kind of approaching that this week i would say yes but i think that's the obvious conclusion not even because of the injuries more of the matchup uh dictating right. as much obviously we know uh the 
much talked about and rightfully so front seven of the Buccaneers. Obviously, Sue, I believe, just got activated like yesterday or something uh, to add to that D tackle room. But I'm sure they will still be good, even if he's not really playing uh, with Vita Vea back, obviously being a huge part of that run defense. Uh, and the fastest linebackers you're going to see as a duo and, uh, in the middle of the field. So it was going to be always a little bit difficult for Zeke to get going. I still think he has a, a, a good day. It's just it's not going to be his best day of the season by far. And that probably lead to the passing tag because, I mean, in my opinion, I, and I think it's kind of the obvious, I would assume the Bucks are the more ready-to-roll team. Uh, hit the ground running, whereas uh, the Cowboys did that last year, uh, even with the line troubles. But I, I think with Dak's absence through the preseason, uh, with COVID hitting guys like CeeDee Lamb uh, during camp so far, and Amari being out to start, I, I think in the tight end situation kind of being the same kind of thing, they might be a little bit slower out the gate, but I do kind of expect a shootout, basically. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I, I haven't completed my week one rankings just yet, but I have a feeling I'm going to have multiple Cowboys pass catchers pretty high in my rankings. I do still think that Zeke has touchdown upside because, uh, once they get down inside the five, he's getting the ball. That's, that's how Dallas runs their offense. And so, um, I, I'm not fading as much as a lot of people I think are, but we'll see exactly where he finishes in my rankings. Now, Let's move on to the other side. Uh, are you confident starting guys like Antonio Brown, Ronald Jones, your non-Brady, Evans, Godwin players, I guess? Um, Gronky? I, I think with some confidence. Well, I, I obviously, like you said, Brady, Evans, for sure, I'd say. I'd be the more confident in. I still would like to see th- at least the week one uh, with Godwin versus AB kind of situation. Uh, obviously Godwin at this point is uh, probably a little bit more uh, juice in the system uh, going, but uh, I would like to see that before I, I obviously, I think if you draft a Godwin, you're playing him, but yeah, I, and it's not like the Dallas defense is good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't even read that yet. Uh, it's not like the Dallas defense is good. Uh, they drafted a lot of linebackers, so you would assume they'd be able to fly, uh, to kind of sell and stop the run to an extent and maybe get to Brady, but I doubt it because <laughs> uh, it's not their strong suit in Dallas uh, defense in general, but pass rush as well. Um, so I, I expect big day for Brady. And then whole, I would say if Ronald Jones is getting the work share, like differential from Fournette, uh, that'd be good. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Well, I know I in, in Geo has been a little bit hit or miss uh, with health so far. So, yeah, I mean, Geo is dealing with a high ankle sprain at this point. So, I I think uh, the the comment was Rojo is about to pop off and remind everyone how good he is. That is a yeah, I'm I'm all in on that. Um, Ronald Jones is trade him right away. for fantasy like it does make sense like you you draft him at rb 34 or whatever he is 36 and you hope for a lot of rb two weeks and you hope for some rb ones but you know that you're not going to get that every week there's just too many mouths to feed uh this week i'm comfortable starting him i do think dallas will be a little better 
but they did list uh, Jalen Smith instead of Keanu Neal as the starter. So I don't know that they're actually going to be better um, or if they're just going to bring Keanu Neal in in sub packages and kind of see where that goes. But we'll see. <laughs> I'm excited. Who are you picking in this game? Tampa. Uh, um, I, I believe in our prediction show. Yeah, that's what we did. Um, it's I'm it's going against, up. I'm going against the points, though. You I'm going to go Tampa to win. Yeah. Okay. I just don't. It, even if Tampa gets out to a like a stifling start uh, with their defense flying around, um, you, I think it's safe to expect Dak and the passing offense being able to kind of at least keep them around. And I mean, it's only eight points, but that's, I mean, that's kind of above the line you would expect. You know what I mean? I, I think a seven or th- like three and a half or seven and a half is kind of where you would expect. Yeah. It, so it started at seven and the Zach Martin news, I think, bumped it up to eight. And I think I'd still take Bucks. Uh, and the it's I close. Think... I, I expect the Bucks to win by a touchdown, but you never, I mean, there's garbage time for a reason. You got to love it. So yeah. back to our covers. Got to love them. All right. Next game on the docket. Seattle Seahawks are going to Indianapolis to play the Carson Wentz led Colts. Uh, so obviously a, a new, new quarterback in Indy. He is a go. It seems like, uh, I was going to say, think... I don't think we have an official stance yet, but that's kind of expected. Yeah, I mean, it's also smart not to officially name him the starter so that they don't have as much time to prepare. But with that being said, if Carson Wentz is a go, are you kind of just waiting and seeing with these Colts wide receivers? Are you comfortable flexing one or two of them? How are you approaching it? Um, I would have to look at like my entire team matchups to say I'd be comfortable flexing. Uh, it's not like Seattle secondary is anything to be scared of by any means. Um, but in that respect, who is it going to be between Pittman and Paris to that kind of argument? T.Y. obviously not there. Pascal, I don't really care. Uh, tight ends, it's a room of like three or four guys that no one knows really who's going to pop off. So I wouldn't trust anything there. It's, uh, Jonathan Taylor should have a good day. Naeem Hines should have a good day. Carson, if he's playing, I don't think he has a bad day by any means against this team, but it could be a more slow, run-heavy, grinded-out type of game than a lot of people would want to see early to start fantasy. Yeah. Well, I also think the Colts have some issues on their offensive line at this point, and I think that's actually more pass-blocking issues than they have run-blocking issues, so I'm with yeah. you. Uh, stay away from Colts not named Taylor Hines. Yeah, kind, I mean, kind of what I said. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, I'm I'm the same way. I think I'm gonna fade those wide receivers until we see who establishes as the target if, getter. If I had to play one, like if we're talking like our DFS show, um, it'd probably be Paris. If yeah. we get a full, clean bill of health kind of thing, just because if Carson is the starter or it's the backups, the quicker passes, I guess I'd be more comfortable with. Yeah, I will say, too, I was listening to the athletic football show the other day. They were talking through the Seahawks and how they really feel about Daryl Taylor, uh, who was their second round pick last year. He missed the season. I was super high on him coming out. He was like a top six or seven edge rusher for me. Uh, But then I started to fade him because he he missed the season. That's what people call 
an IDP face planner or whatever. I don't know. Face planner doesn't make sense to me, but, uh, but he looked really, really good in the preseason. And so I do think that that pass rush is going to be a sneaky good. Uh, and I think they're comfortable with their pass rush. They have to be with how bad their secondary is outside of Jamal Adams. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Seahawks, they have a new look offense. I've been tweeting a little bit about this uh, and and new look in that it literally will just look different. It's not going to be like they don't have a ton of new personnel. They don't have they really didn't add anyone. Gerald Everett did uh, step into this, what I assume will be the starting tight end role, what everyone assumes. Uh, They've got D. Eskridge now as their wide receiver three instead of, you know, whoever the hell was there last year. Didn't matter. David Moore. David Moore. Yeah, it was definitely David Moore. Um, But Shane Waldron is there. It seems as though they're going to be incorporating some play action. Uh, The Colts defense is a little suspect. I just did a breakdown on them. Are you more confident in the Seahawks or just they're good and we know that? Uh, I don't think I'm more confident. I I think at, I honestly, I don't, I don't see much of a change. Uh, coming in this year, maybe packages-wise, it'll be a little bit of a shift. A focus on play action doesn't seem really that different either. That's kind of how they've built their entire offense under Pete Carroll in the past. Uh, run heavy with heavy play action. Dominance with deep threat wide receivers and a god quarterback and Russell Wilson. Um, there's a good chance they try and do the let Russ cook early thing as well to try to throw off the Colts here, but uh, I I know like the Colts like secondary isn't really anything to care about, but they, they focused much like the bills. They focused on their pass rush in the draft early. Their linebackers are generally solid. I would say. Um, so I, I wouldn't like, I'm not like overestimating what they could be, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like Carson should have like 170 yards or anything like that. Uh, I, I think they'll be able to stand up. I, I won't say they get a lot of sacks because it's Russell Wilson. Even if you get to him, it doesn't mean anything. So, yeah. uh, uh, and and he'll run himself into a few sacks. He, he one does, or two. Yeah, he he goes a little crazy and and off the off the rails. But yeah, I mean, I'm I guess I'm more confident that they're gonna incorporate a little bit of new stuff. Um, I'm excited to see D. Eskridge play. That's for sure. I'm not starting him. Anywhere. I just I feel like he gets one catch. You know, it's just probably yeah, but. Hopefully it's like one catch, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Like, I'd be cool with that. I doubt it, but. Me too. All right. Uh, Who are you taking in this game? I didn't mention the Colts are two-and-a-half-point home underdogs, and the over-under is 48-and-a-half. Yeah, I'll still – I'll take the Seahawks and the points. Yeah. It's – I can't wait for this 19-to-12 game. Um, It's going to be electric. Uh, (laughs) But that's the scoring for Seahawks games. I don't understand it. Uh, but it's how it always works. I'll I'll still take a field goal. Obviously, win there. Yeah, I'm I'm along the same lines. I would take the Seahawks in this game. I do think the Colts are going to play okay. All right, next game we have the Jacksonville oh, Jaguars damn. at the Houston Texans. We need to get this one out of the way early. Quickly, uh, <laughs> so the Texans are three point home underdogs, and the over under is forty four and a half. Um, if Houston Texans, Tyrod Taylor is officially starting Brandon cooks end of list, right? Like that's the only yeah. guy you're so, comfortable starting. 
that's all I'd be comfortable starting. Yeah, and it's it's a good like watch the stat line game for the Texans offense. See see how involved Nico Collins is. Obviously, they kind of depleted their own wide receiver core to an extent. Uh, and then Speaking see of- see the rushing work and passing work out of the backfield. See how that split is. Uh, because we truly don't know. <laughs> the only thing we know is Brandon Cooks is by far the best weapon on the team and should get the lion's share of targets. He should see more than 150 targets this year with that roster. Um, but yeah, I'd confidently start him because I do think the Texans are going to have to throw. Uh, yeah, and and we're talking to a guy you drafted to be your flex. So, I mean. Yeah, for sure. Uh, on the other side of the ball, I know we've gone over the Chark versus Chenault debate tons of times. Uh, the Jaguars did bring in a couple new wide receivers, or they kept Tavon Austin and not Colin Johnson, and uh, Tyron Johnson is also there now. Um, are you – so we're not going to talk about that. We've already done that. We both believe Chark is probably the wide receiver one, and he should be ready to go for week one in this matchup. Against a Texans defense, it's just t- dog shit. It's terrible. Uh, are you confidently starting James Robinson this week, though? Yeah, uh, easy. Right. Um, okay. th- this is all uh, besides just our week one stuff. This is also a bold prediction show. I typed out originally James Robinson will be a, a top ten RB one, hmm. and then I realized that that's not a fucking hot take or bold prediction, seeing as how he finished RB seven last year. So I just cut it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like I, I think we are going to see how good James Robinson was last year, especially for this game because it's against a, a terrible team, a good game script possibility. Um, I am curious to see if he gets the same kind of level of passing work, obviously without ETN there. Um, and Carlos Hyde not really being a passing back, so I'd like to see that kind of split, but I'm very confident starting James Robinson who, unless you drafted this weekend, uh, or I guess the last two weeks, hmm. you pretty much drafted as a, a late flex. So, Yeah, yeah. everyone who had early drafts kind of got him at a good value. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm the same, same way. I would start him comfortably as an RB2. I don't know where he'll land in my rankings. Again, I don't have my, my week one rankings done, so I wish I did so I could reference them, but uh I would you start Trevor Lawrence in this game? Um probably not. But it just depends because like if you if you're like me and it, maybe you didn't get Tannehill, um and maybe like it, maybe you drafted like Lawrence and like Tua. I think I'd probably pick Lawrence over Tua this week, uh yeah. just because of the matchup reasons. But the, even though they're playing the terrible Texans, uh it's <laughs> yeah it it i mean logic would dictate that they should be ahead early and often which would lead to less passing uh in the second half so he he probably will have a a middling quarterback two week it's interesting okay yeah i i don't know how i feel about it yet i think i'd be comfortable starting him uh, well it's like if it's if it was like the bucks versus the texans we'd be like okay brady top five this week I, I don't see that for, like, yeah. I don't see them scoring four touchdowns in the first quarter. Kind of like that offense could. That's yeah. that's where I'm at. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Uh, we're both taking the Jaguars. Right? Yeah, that's not even a question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. 
All right, next game on the docket is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are actually three and a half point favorites in this game, and the over-under is 48 and a half. Um, the Falcons defense, a lot of people trash how bad they were last year. They really weren't DVOA wise, but total yardage wise, like, yeah, they were pretty bad. Is Jalen Hurts a QB one lock this week against the Falcons? I won't say lock just because we don't have our rankings done yet. Um, but it's, it's right on that border at worst, I'd say. Um, it's a game where I, I don't think either team really gets out to a big lead i don't think either team has explosive offenses uh to an extent like the falcons have the potential i just don't see it happening this week um and uh, ridley should have a good week uh i would start most falcons i'd say and i'd start hurts um and probably sanders but i don't think i'd start i mean you're probably starting goddard but like smith Rager, Ertz, eh. Ertz definitely no. Uh, <laughs> do you think that 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 has switched? Do you think Goddard's gonna that switch? That switched over the last year and a half. Yeah, two, in my really opinion. two years. I remember my hot take last year. One on the bold prediction show, it was Dallas Goddard is the tight end one, and then Zachary got hurt, so it it it's didn't yeah. Count. You got you got the easy out, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's at this point, it was. They were okay with Ertz being traded. Yeah. Uh, so That's true. See, I think it's going to be a lot of Ertz and Goddard. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, of course. They're, they were going to run two tight though. ends, in my opinion. So. Yeah. Uh, you said start most Falcons. Everyone drafted Kyle Pitts as highly as they did. They have to start him. There's really no other option. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling about Mike Davis? I know some people, I mean, we haven't talked through the Wayne Gallman signing. Uh, yet we have not had a show since then. Wayne Gallman in, Quadri Allison out. Wayne Gallman better than Quadri Allison. Uh, does that give you a little bit of pause on Mike Davis, especially in this first week? No. No, you're still starting him. I think Wayne Gallman's a better backup with less explosive possibility. He's a guy that could be the three down in case they need him to because Mike Davis gets hurt, whereas Quadri was going to be uh, a part of a committee. More of if Davis got hurt. I think that was a smart cut sign. Sucks for Allison, but it's the the it's because of the embarrassment of riches of the 49ers more than anything. Uh, it's yeah. more shocking that they cut him uh, for that same reason. Yeah, I guess since this is a bold prediction show, I will say I think Gallman gets some touches. I think he gets quite a few I mean, touches. I would say running back would be the easiest position to sign this week, play a little bit. But, yeah, he's going to get some touches. But, I mean, yeah. you know, like it, he's going to get five to eight, five to ten touches. I mean, you'll probably get that every week. I don't think that really clarifies not starting Mike Davis is my point. Yeah. One of my bold predictions was going to be that Gallman would take over the backfield. I think he's better than Mike Davis. I um, I think career-wise, maybe so far, but he's not. I mean, yeah. at, right now, I think it's a little bit more of a we need to see it, but still, yeah. it, I mean, <laughs> one got signed in the off season, one got cut this week. Yeah, yeah, and and some people have noted Gallman was available when they signed Davis, so that's it's worth noting. 
All right, uh, who are we taking in this game? Falcons, like I said, three and a half point favorites. I'm going to give it to the Eagles, but it's um, – I would give it to the Eagles in – I would say more than I would. I would give it the four point. Okay, it's it's um, close. <laughs> I I'm gonna take the Falcons in this game. I think Arthur Smith has those boys ready to rock, and I think uh, Sirianni is a little in over his head, and I think the Eagles' defense is a little too suspect. So, um, yeah, it's just. I mean, we know what we know from past offenses what. Arthur Smith wants to do. He wants to establish the run early and often. Uh, I think they'll struggle to do that because the Eagles have been a perennially good rush defense, and that shouldn't change this year. Uh, So that's why I think it's just going to be a really close game. Yeah. It it should be actually a a decent one, especially for fantasy. So, all right, next game on the docket. The Los Angeles Chargers are going to Washington to play the football team. Football team is one-point home underdogs. Uh, and the over-under is 44 and a half. Uh, Justin Herbert follows up his rookie of the year campaign against one of the best defensive fronts in football. Are you fading Herbert this week? Slightly. I think there, it's not like he was like top five every week. I think there should be obvious matchups where you tamper expectations just slightly. Um, but while, they did improve, I would say, at pretty much every level of the defense and the offense in Washington. I, I still am not, like, overly terrified by their secondary by any means. So I would still think that Mike Williams and Keenan Allen have a good chance to have really good roles this week. And obviously, Eichler should have a good week. Maybe not the best running the ball, but that's okay. <laughs> I think this is interesting because we're getting a Rashawn Slater versus Chase Young rematch, uh, which if oh, you God. if you remember the Rashawn Slater uh, hype, it was all built off of him holding the shit out of Chase Young yep. and people saying how great and dominant he was against Chase Young. So I'm excited to watch that matchup more than anything else in this game. Um, however, I am, I think, fading Herbert a bit. I think he'll probably finish as a QB2. Obviously, in your Superflex leagues, I'd be super comfortable starting him. But I do think he falls outside of that top 12 this week. Uh, yeah, I, I will say this this game has a chance to be higher scoring than the, the line dictates, just because I do think it's a bit more of two high-power offenses than that line would dictate. I mean, obviously, with the Eagles and the Falcons having not as great defense, uh, but having worse offenses to an extent uh, <laughs> and getting more points. So, yeah. Um, okay. Curtis Samuel returned to practice today uh, or yesterday, I believe. But uh, it seems as though he'll be a go. It seems like the conditioning is the concern. If Curtis Samuel plays, are you playing Curtis Samuel? Most likely not. Um, but it, it's going to be a close flex decision. I think a lot of people have to make, um, I mean like him or Brandon cooks, I'm playing Brandon cooks, him Him or Mike Williams. I would probably play Williams. Um, you know, like I, I think we'll get 
that possibly more Thursday, but uh, I mean, he's going to be on that borderline of playable and especially week one, you want to start right. You have a guy that could get a lot of work, but it's not like they don't have two pass catching running backs. Uh, So that role will be limited more than I think some people expect. And then um, with passing wise, I think they have capable options next to him obviously with McLaurin being not capable but great uh I I think Deami Brown and the rest of the cast of somewhat Sims and Misfit Toys uh can kind of figure it out to give Curtis Samuel a break getting back into the fold yeah I will say Curtis Samuel feels like that guy that we say and let's wait and see and then he explodes for like three touchdowns for no reason um it, you just you just called him Sammy Watkins. You're that's a dick move. Hey, <laughs> hey, he might be. I don't that's know. He's so mean. <laughs> it's true. Uh, all right. Uh, who are you taking in this game? Uh, Washington. Uh, and I, obviously, I would say plus points. It's only plus one. So uh, I generally don't expect people to win by one point. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm shocked that Washington is the home underdog here, I guess I'll say. Uh, Chargers do have a nicer defense. I think I'm going to take Washington, too. I, I think their defense is going to carry them a bit here. So, Yeah, uh, I, I think the only way Washington loses is if Fitzpatrick has a tragic week. That yeah. That's literally it for me. Um, yeah. um, that's probably about it. I guess the only good thing for the Chargers on the road, obviously, early – uh, they basically don't have home fans anyway, so they're always on the road. Uh, so they're just used to it. Yeah, that's seems like a, kind of a mean dig, but it's got to speak the truth, you know. Phil, Phil Stadium. Yeah, exactly. All right, next game on the docket: the Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. Probably the most competitive uh, one p.m. game, I would say. Out of yeah, yeah, I mean. Maybe the Cardinals and Titans, which we'll get to later. But Pittsburgh Steelers are six and a half point underdogs in this game. The line is 47 and a half. Uh, the Bills are looking to build off an incredible 2020. Uh, they pretty much returned everyone on offense. Uh, they put their vote of confidence in Dawson Knox by getting rid of Jacob Hollister. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is still there. Moss and Singletary, absolutely not week one. Would you say? I would say no, because. I don't think this game fits any kind of strong suit for them. I, I possibly you would give a a chance to Moss at flex just for touchdown upside, but in that same respect, Josh Allen. So, <laughs> you know, are you fading Allen a bit this week? Uh, again, I think it, same with Herbert. I think it's some games you give a respectable drop off uh, due to matchups. This is a semi-new look uh, Steelers defense, at least on a couple pieces. Uh, but in that respect, they got probably a little younger, so possibly more speed. Um, I, yeah, I would I would fade him slightly, but even Josh Allen having a bad week is at worst like a French quarterback one. So yeah, you're starting him. You, you, yeah, you're starting start Josh Allen. <laughs> you yes. know, it's just maybe don't expect the QB one first week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you there. Are you starting Najee Harris in his rookie debut against what should be an improved run defense in Buffalo? I would say yes because I don't, I didn't see, I didn't see improvement. I would like 
be overjoyed with with the Bills uh, through the through the offseason entirely free agency draft. I think they made some improvements, but I think they're more improvements for the future. Uh, and they're again just like the Colts team that doubled up at the edge position in the draft early. Um, I don't see that necessarily helping the run defense unless, I mean, unless one of those kicks into D tackle during passing to, like certain downs, which is Rousseau, very possible good. for Rousseau. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's just, I, I think I would expect good things from Najee. I think the Steelers offensive line showed some good strides during the preseason as well, uh, better than I think we expected. So I don't think that it means by any means they're a top 10 offensive line. Don't get me wrong there. But I think they'll do enough that a good running back can have some success in a high-scoring game. Yeah, uh, I think I'd start Najee, but as like I'd be more comfortable with him as like my RB three. Uh, I I do think that the touchdown upside is a little bit there for him because they're gonna have to continue throwing the ball uh, to get down the field, and I do think Najee is a part of the passing game, so I think he's a pretty safe play. Um, like I said, I'd just be more comfortable if I had options ahead of him. Um, and I will say too, they doubled up at the edge position and neither of those guys are even starters because they still had pretty decent edge rushers and Russo was more of a project and Boogie Basham a little bit of a project as well, but not as much. He should contribute. Um, who are you picking in this game? Uh, I, believe in our record predictions i picked the bills i'll stick with that especially for week one um i i would hope the draft additions as well as their veterans allow them some ability to get to the quarterback which is i would say their greatest downfall as a defense last year uh so hopefully they can do that this week against a pretty immobile quarterback in big ben i mean he's got some but yeah uh, really quick, we'll interrupt this uh, programming for Ryan's question here. Who do you think won this trade? I traded DK Metcalf and Kenny Galladay for Justin Jefferson and Robert Woods. Uh, uh, you, 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 yeah, you won. Thanks. Congrats. You got you got two wide receiver ones for a wide receiver one and a wide receiver Three. two. Three. Three. I mean, just right there, I think that says it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good trade. Good job, Ryan. He did good. Um, I am taking. I, I think the Bills win, but I think it's a close game. So I would take the Steelers for the points. Uh, yeah, do, I think safety-wise, I, I would. And I do think that uh, they hit the over in this game. I, I don't yeah. think that either defense is that great, and I do think both offenses are, are pretty great. So uh, I think both could be top 10 defenses easily this year, but I, I don't see it as like a, a jump start to week one type deal. Yeah, for sure. All right, next game we have here, the San Francisco 49ers at the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Lions are seven-point home underdogs, and the over-under is just 45 points. Uh, there's a little bit of ambiguity on the 49ers quarterback situation. We heard that Trey Lance had a bone chip in his finger, and then we never heard a damn thing after that, which seems like it was crafted uh, purposely so that the Lions wouldn't prepare as much for Trey Lance. How much of Trey Lance do you think we'll see? Uh, a very limited amount. I don't think we're. I don't think the 49ers are even needing to give that much respect to the Lions that they have to play tricks on who's going to start quarterback. I think it's Jimmy G. I think they're going to win easy because they're going to dominate. It's it, yeah. the Lions team's not good, top to bottom. Uh, 
That's just how it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm the lion's truther evidently on this podcast. And oh. I am with you. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that Shanahan's going to show his hand too much on the Lance stuff. No. Uh, he doesn't need to in this game, especially like he, he might get a series or two um, because he did that. I thinking back, like when they had Kaepernick and Alex Smith, like he did that with Kaepernick a bit before Kaepernick took over. Um, but I just don't see it happening too much this week. I, you know, I, I would say there's a good chance uh, Trey Lance plays an entire quarter. Yeah. At the like the fourth quarter mop up duty. Yeah, is what you're saying? that's yeah. that's my point. Like it, this <laughs> is going to be bad. Uh, it's going to be a bad start for the Lions. Um, I don't think it's going to be that. Bad. Like I think it's going to be a two touchdown I, game probably. Yeah, I mean, but a two touchdown game can feel like you have no chance. For sure, know? but I don't know. Do you think they bring in Lance with a fourteen point lead in the fourth? Possibly. I mean, they might. Shanahan's fucking crazy. He does weird shit. But again, uh, again, you could be up 14 points and have the time of possession, have 175 yards rushing already. And you're just like, wow, this this shit's over. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah, just it's... bring in the rookie just to get him some reps against a bad team. Yeah. It's yeah, it's not a bad idea. Uh, speaking of bad teams, uh, we have had bad news pretty much all training camp, but lately... Uh, the, the news on DeAndre Swift is that he is good. He's explosive. It looks like he's going to be ready to go for week one. Are you still concerned that the conditioning won't be there? Or are you concerned about the workload for this first week? I would expect a, a Green Bay Packers style workload for the running backs this week. Uh, that's not just because they signed Jamal Williams. Um, I, I do expect kind of like a, a true 50-50 split this week. Um but later in the game, possibly a more heavy hand towards Swift uh, because of being down. So um, I, I think you if, if we're getting good reports on practice all week and he's, he is still looking explosive, there's no setbacks. I think you should be comfortable starting him, maybe temper expectations uh, for, for just week one, just because of injuries for preseason so far. Um, but. I think in that same respect, you you temper expectations for Jamal Williams, who uh, you drafted as kind of a handcuff but a flex option, uh, especially early in the year. I, I think he still has a good chance to finish as a, a top 30 back this week, but uh, definitely less of a chance to be top 15, like if Swift was barely playing. Yeah. Uh, with Jamal, I probably wouldn't even consider him a flex just because I've, I spent all offseason talking about how good the Lions offensive line is, but compared to the 49ers defensive line, I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think they're going to get bullied a bit. Panay Sewell needs to look better than he has all training camp, uh, which he will eventually. Uh, but position changes suck, and I think that's Nick Bosa is going to have his way with him because he's going to be lined up on his side probably primarily. So, yeah, uh, scary business. So, uh, but I'm good with Swift. Uh, I'm always good with Swift. I'll start Swift every week that he's healthy because uh, I think he's catching a lot of passes. We're both taking the 49ers and the points, right? Yeah, easy. Would you hit the over or the under in this game? 45. That's a good line, but I, I would, mean, I would I'd go over personally. So what is that's? I mean, that's not like, even a. If, I, that's like an applied like 
what, 38 to 7? I mean, no, no not 30, uh, not plus 7. To, uh, no. It'd be, um, it would be like 20, 28. 20, yeah, 28 to, yeah, whatever. Know. Either That's way. Hard. 28 to 17, that doesn't make sense either. So that's why I was like, what? Uh, either way, I would expect the points easy um, and over because I, I expect the 49ers to get at least 28 points. And I'll give some respect uh, to the Lions to get 14, uh, 17. I don't think their offense is going to be inept necessarily. Um, but it, uh, definitely slow starting against a, a defense that's returning a lot of starters. Yeah. No, I hear you. All right. Next game we have Minnesota Vikings at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are three-point home underdogs. The over-under in this game is 48. Um, the Bengals improved their defense a bit uh, in the offseason. They signed Larry Ogunjobi. They signed a couple corners. Uh, they re- they haven't re-signed Jesse Bates, but they have Jesse Bates, which is a good thing. They've got some young guns in the linebacking room that probably need to step up. Do you think that's enough to slow down what should be a, a pretty similar Vikings offense? Obviously, they're missing Irv Smith. Uh, however, they still have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, and both seem to be trending towards healthy. I think Jefferson was banged up with his shoulder, but it seems as though they'll both play week one uh, from what I've read. How are you feeling about that dynamic? Is the Bengals, are the Bengals going to be better? Uh, in general, I'd say yes, but uh, I, I still think the Vikings are kind of outmatching them, at least on the offensive side compared to the defense. Um, and it, it's just like Davin Cook's going to be able to dominate, in my opinion. Uh, their offense should work well going against this defense where – Sure, they made improvements, but we're talking a, an offense that's been together, that knows their system, that plays well in that system, <laughs> going against a, a, a pretty much new-look defense to an extent. Um, so I, I would be heavily uh, wanting to side of the Viking side. Yeah. I also think the Bengals are still poorly coached on the defensive side of the ball. No matter what the personnel is, I, I just don't have faith in the coaching there. I, I don't have faith in coaching on either side. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, next item here, Jamar Chase. Um, he he spoke about his drops today and how, you know, I, I didn't really love his answer personally. He basically said, like, I'm not focusing. I need to watch the ball in, which that's the good part. But then he said, and the ball's bigger, and <laughs> I can't focus on the white part of the ball. Like, I mean – I get that he's giving reasoning, but also like seems a little like he's giving excuses for why he can't catch the damn ball. Are you starting him this week? Um, <laughs> yes and no. That's another it, again. Like that's that's a flex consideration. Um, geez, like would you do Curtis Samuel or Jamar Chase? I would do Jamar Chase. You know, like it, like. Going yeah. back to a tougher conversation we had earlier, so in that regard, I'd I'd pick Chase for the upside potential, um, but I, I don't expect, I I haven't expected an early, just explosion from uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, I I think it's going to take him a couple games to get acclimated and going, and getting the defenses kind of off of him for a second, because uh, even though he is a rookie, he's highly picked. Uh, there's a good chance defenses look at him first instead of T, uh, which I think is wrong early on. But 
I, again, if it's a good flex position, I, I would play him. I don't. I'm not scared of the Vikings secondary. No, I I I'd play him, but like you said, as a flex, if if I'm going, uh, you know, um, here's another one. We haven't gotten to the Giants yet. Sterling Shepard or Jamar Chase? Jamar Chase. Yeah. I mean, against that Broncos secondary, like, yeah, I'd probably. It's upside. Well. I mean, flex, you're looking upside more than safety a lot of yeah. times. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Who are you picking in this game? Vikings. I believe I picked the Vikings. I'm going to stick with picking the Vikings. Um, I, I would, I wouldn't be shocked if Bengals uh, have a great week and win it. But again, I am of the belief that. The Bengals will be slow out of the gate with uh, Burrow returning from injury, with Chase struggling early. Um, with, in fairness, Mixon returning from injury as well. Um, but I think this team will lean heavily on Mixon and T. Higgins early. Uh, and it should be a close game with the Vikings squeaking out. Uh, I mean, it's only a plus three line. I would, I would take the points, but barely. Yeah, sounds like uh, Vegas aligns more with you with their view on the Vikings here. Either that or they're higher on the Bengals, but uh, I think the Vikings win this by a touchdown or more, uh, personally. Yeah. But, all right, next game. Another shit game, sorry. Uh, New York Jets at the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are five-and-a-half-point <coughs> favorites at home, 45-point uh, over-under. Do you do you understand why the, the Panthers are five-and-a-half-point favorites? Because I personally do not. Uh, we've seen what the coaching staff does for the Panthers. We haven't seen it from the Jets yet. There. That's fair, but like, that, that's you, why I can tell you that right now. Do you think? And I and I would the say Panthers. the Jet, I would say the Jets defense, uh, talent wise, isn't top level. So that's not scaring people away from the Panthers offense with good coaching and good weapons. Uh, right. So I, that's why I think they're expecting explosive days from McCaffrey, from DJ Moore, from possibly Robbie Anderson. Uh, possibly Terrace Marshall early takes over, uh, 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 has a good day only because of Sala paying more attention to the other two. Um, I think that's, I would clearly pick the Panthers and I, I would say that's why Vegas is just like, eh, let's see something from the Jets. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I can get behind it. I still think like a three point line would have been fair. Uh, I guess I don't see the talent discrepancy that much, especially because Panthers are still young. Yeah, I was going to say the Panthers are still young on defense and the Jets have what looks to be a promising offense. But again, yeah, you got to see it, I guess. So, yeah, well, and as the, the Panthers are young and unproven on the defensive side, but they have top level name value on the defensive side uh, in terms of recent draft prospects. Yeah, that's so. true. Uh, Jets running back clarity. We need to get some. If you had to put ten dollars on who the first running back is for the Jets, who the technical RB one is, who would you put your money on? Who touches the field first? I would give it to Tevin Coleman. I think I would do. Uh, uh I th- who if we're taking the ten dollar bet on who scores the most? I'm going to give it to. I'm gonna give it to Ty Johnson just out of belief, but me too. It's close. It's not like either of them have great touchdown upside. Um, it's not a terrible line points wise for the teams, um, but it's still 
I would say Ty Johnson is like a nice DFS play this week uh, because I assume he's as cheap as they come. And if you're taking yeah. a flyer late, that's that's the type of running back that I would like to go put. In yeah, but the week one DFS slate in pricing has been out for a couple weeks now. Really, at least a lot of it in, in theory. I don't know if they were actually final yet. But you would assume they would because people would be playing already. Uh, so I would assume it's already final. And in that regard, you're going to be getting you're going to get Gus values Edwards. on guys like Gus Edwards, James <laughs> Robinson. Uh, it, yeah. I mean, the, the list goes on. So it's uh, fair for that reason. I, I would yeah. just just be out on uh, the entirety of the Jets' offense, probably. Um, I would n- probably... not disrespecting like obviously the talent at the wide receiver room or the possibility of upside at the running back room or Zach Wilson. Uh, but it's just, I think there's going to be a better place DFS wise. That's fair. I hear you. Um, thank you, thank you. I, I assume thank Bev, but it's just, <laughs> yeah. It's, instead of speaking in absolutes without knowing for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think I hopped on to, to check and i haven't made a lineup yet but i'll be yeah. making tons of them this week all right uh who are you taking in this game panthers you said panthers, usually? yeah and it's, uh, it's just we gotta see something from the jets before uh you can clarify anything um and i think darnold tries hard to break early uh gase stench yeah. off of him and yeah. kind of complete the rumor meal of gase being just the worst coach possible yeah. uh so I hear you. I think I would take the Jets for the points. Panthers win. That's what I would go with. Personally. Yeah, it's also, also a good point. I forgot. I forgot about Robbie's revenge game as well. So, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty dope. Uh, that's exciting. Um, all right, next game on the docket: the Cardinals at the Tennessee Titans. This is the last one p.m. game that we'll talk about. The Titans are two and a half point home favorites. Fifty-two point over under. Year three of the shitty Cliff Kingsbury offense. Uh, you know. I guess my question here is, does it look less shitty with AJ Green, Rondale Moore, uh, James Conner getting incorporated? Do you think I'm, that this is a good I'm excited, offensive game? I'm excited to see it. I, I think a lot of Kingsbury's offensive like struggles to an extent. It's not like they've been a bad offense by any means, uh, but I think play calling is what more what you're getting at. Um, yeah, and I, I think I think he could confidently have four receivers on the field now which he hasn't been able to do. And I think that has put a hamper on a little bit of what he wants to do in the game. Um, and if he's having four wide receivers, I can guarantee you James Conner's not on the fucking field. So uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be as excited for him, I guess. Uh, yeah. But I, Chase hopefully Edmonds, Chase Edmonds, I would, I would start. Um, if you really need an upside play for touchdown purposes, uh, like, James Conner's okay, I guess, just to hope that everyone's right on the goal line touch split. Um, but it, it's it's hit or miss there. All right. Upset special. Mav, you're, you're picking the Cardinals over the Titans then. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my thing with the Cardinals is I think the Titans' defense did get better. I, I've spent a lot of the offseason saying I don't think they did. And then I started doing those AFC South breakdowns and I started looking at, um, you know, what they added. And if Caleb Farley is not on a pitch count and if um, Bud Dupree is out there, I mean, they've 
they have some pieces now. And so I think the Cardinals are going to struggle. Yeah, front four wise, I think they 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 should be solid for the Titans. Hopefully, if Farley's playing, their secondary improves because obviously that wasn't a top level thing for them. Um, but it's not like they're. I don't think like their linebacking core is better. I, I, it's not like a top to bottom good defense in my opinion. Um, so I wouldn't be wary of playing really anyone in this game necessarily. That's like the top level guys. Like obviously James Conner is a flex consideration. That's a different story. Same with Rondo Moore, Christian Kirk, AJ Green, probably wait. Uh yeah. But like Hopkins, I think he's fine. I Chase Edmonds, I think's fine. Kyler, obviously you're starting. Tannehill, if we get good reports about stamina coming back from being on COVID, basically. That's I mean we weeks. Which like- most likely means he had symptoms. Uh so um <laughs> for that reason, I'd, I'd like to see some practice from him, but Derrick Henry should have a good day um, because I'm not like overly scared of the run defense of the Cardinals. I do think the Cardinals will be able to get to the passer um, if they sit the pocket for any length of time. So play action may be a little bit off the table, um, but that's pretty much the only scary part of the Cardinals besides maybe secondary speed, I would say. I mean, yeah. they're not like the greatest cover guys, but they, de- I mean, Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons, uh, uh, Murphy yeah. Bunting. Nope, just no. Murphy. Murphy, Byron thank Murphy. you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I know I got those confused for a second. Uh, yeah. Byron Murphy, but, thank you. Uh, so, speed. <laughs> so here's my thing. So Byron Murphy, I assume, starts on A.J. Brown, right? Uh, that's that's kind of what we're looking at. That means yes. That- that or or he could start on Julio. Either way, not a good matchup for him. I don't. I don't think he, actually. I don't think he starts on a, a wide receiver. I think he plays a side. Yeah, you're probably right. The other side is going to be Marco Wilson, the fourth round pick, best known for throwing a shoe in the Florida game last year. He is a rookie. <laughs> he his first NFL matchup goes up against AJ Brown or Julio Jones. You hate to see it. Uh, one of them is going to feast. Maybe both of them. Probably both of them. Um, you're comfortable starting Julio then? Yeah. Um, it, I think depending on where you draft him, which the closer we got to the season has been more high level than I would have liked for value purposes. Um, but I, you have to start H.J. Brown. I think you have to start Julio. You have to start Derrick Henry. You probably have to start Tannehill. Um you don't have to start Ferkser, but I think he's a good pivot uh, for DFS tight end purposes against this team that's generally always bad against the tight ends, even with improved safeties and like speed at linebacker. They've just never really gotten better. <laughs> they just don't care about guarding the position. I know. That's pretty crazy. Who are you taking in this game? I, I'm i going to take the Titans, but I don't think this – like obviously Matt picks him as an upset special this week. I don't think it's that big of an upset with the Cardinals win. They were a fringe playoff team last year. I think they're the same thing this year. Uh, it's just the Titans are a little bit better uh, efficiency-wise, so I'll give it to them. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Titans as well. Uh, I think they win by seven-ish, so I would take the points. I, I would take the points, but it's only because it's two and a half. So, you know. Yeah, yeah that's fair. All right, uh, afternoon slate. The nationally televised game is... Uh, the Cleveland Browns at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are six-point home favorites. 
53 point over under, which is close to the top. It's the top three over under this week. Uh, the news came out today that Tyron Matthew might be out of this game. Uh, he is on the COVID list, I believe, still. So, uh, I mean, I don't I, – we're going to, I'm sure, talk about this a little bit on Thursday. I know, but I I think th- this is going to be the game everyone wants to watch. Um, I would say just start everyone. Uh, yeah. I don't think either defense necessarily limits – upside if anyone um no. and that's not that's not saying like either defense didn't improve slightly or either offense didn't improve slightly it's just i i don't i don't see like stifling factors on either defense so i i mean just start everyone i would say except like demarcus robinson <laughs> well, uh, Jarvis- again like start yeah. everyone is the people you drafted to be starters or top level flexes there's no question. That's that's more of my point there. So back to our our question: uh, Jarvis Landry or Jamar Chase this week? That's a tough one. I'll mm, safety Landry upside Chase. Yeah, and I would so, even say the the touchdown upside for Jarvis is still there. I, um, it's even. Yeah, it's it's close. Um, yeah, so the Browns, they have their entire team healthy, uh, their defense, Grant Delpit and Greedy Williams have been practicing. Uh, and so you're getting what should be a a marquee matchup of two playoff teams very, very early on. Um, yeah, like Randy said, start everyone cream hunt. Yes. Baker Mayfield. I'm starting him this week. Um, I have him as like QB 13 or 14, but I'd rather the safety of, of knowing that the Browns are going to put up some points and Baker's probably going to throw for two or three touchdowns in yep. my, in, if I had to guess. So yep. who are you picking in this game? I, I pick the Browns in our predictions. I'm going to keep it. Um, Me too. It, this is going to be a, a shootout. I don't even think I'd take those points. I think this is probably a, a, a two to five point win kind of thing. Uh, I, I yeah. think this is a playoff game. Yeah, which doesn't necessarily mean it's a low scoring. I think it is a shootout, but this is going to be one of those. It's every college game day you hear it's it's a boxing fight. Blah 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 blah. That's this. That's. Yeah. <laughs> is this your game of the week? Yeah, by far. Yeah. And yeah. even if it's not like, there's no way this is a blowout either way, in my opinion, unless something catastrophic happens. Yeah. Um, either injury wise or a la like Steelers playoffs against the Browns where they just shit the bed for a quarter and just got way too behind. Um, like that's the only way this game isn't great. Yeah. I'm taking the Browns as well. All right. Uh, next game we have here, Miami Dolphins, at New England <coughs> Patriots, the Patriots are three point home favorites, 44 point over under Dolphins have some offensive line issues. Um, they're starting left tackles out. They're starting right tackles bad. Uh, they're starting Ooh. left guard is Solomon Kinley, which probably isn't great. Uh, so are the Patriots going to feast on Tua this week? That's kind of my question. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't this, feel good about Tua this, this week. This isn't good. Uh, the, the O-line issues, it's not great with uh, people being out and injured, sick, whatever it is. Uh, but – I was the whole draft process. I sat here saying the Dolphins' offensive line is not as good as everyone's saying. They need to focus that on the draft. They should draft Sewell if he's there. 
uh, they did not. Uh, it it's not detrimental to them. I don't I don't think. Uh, but it's the same thing as the Bengals, in my opinion, where uh, it, it was the right move for football sense. They went for explosive sense, and I think it's biting them in the ass right away. Yeah, I am with you there. I think we're going to see a, a tough to a game. I think the Patriots come out. I think this is Bill's revenge tour uh, against Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl, and I think that Bill's going to be coaching his ass off this year. Um. And so the we mentioned the revenge tour. Mac Jones gets the start. New look offense and new look defense for the Patriots. Obviously, everything is different. Uh, do you expect a good enough performance from Mac Jones against what should be a good Dolphins defense? Um, I average average quarterback to performance. I, I don't see three I, even, maybe <laughs> possibly like it's a good defense. I think he hits. I think he moves the ball well. I think they focus on running the ball because uh, that's what they do. I think Jacoby Myers gets open. I think Johnny can get open. Everyone else I'm still concerned about to an extent. That's not saying that um, Aguilar is bad or anything. I just think he's facing top level coverage. Uh, so he's going to struggle this week. Uh, Hunter Henry. It's Hunter Henry, so we don't even know if he's going to play. Uh, <laughs> but he's still. I think he's still out, right? I believe so, but it's been like he he literally got like banged up and then we haven't really heard much. That's that's kind of the it's literally like lands. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, uh, Matt said it'll take Mac a few games before he gets it rolling since he hasn't played with the first team. Uh, yeah, he played a little yeah. bit with them against the Giants, though. So uh, Damian Harris plus defense will be the key. In my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Mav, you're, I, you're a Patriots fan, too. So, you're into, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, I was just the only pass catchers for the Patriots, I would even consider playing it would be John New and Jacoby Myers as stick movers uh, more than anything. Um, yeah. With touchdown upside, I would give to John New, but I, I think Damian Harris is the focal point of the offense for at least a few weeks uh, while Mac Jones gets to it. I mean, it's not like he would, I don't think at this point, I think it's safe to say, I don't think he would have played worse than Cam, uh, at least in the passing game, because if that was the point, uh, Cam would be the quarterback. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it was so. I'm fine with that. The defense should dominate. Patriots win. Bang. Yeah, Patriots win for me as well. So I'll take them. I don't even think this is really as close as Vegas has it out to be. Um, and so I think the Patriots win by a touchdown or so. Next game: Broncos at the New York Giants. The Giants are three point home underdogs. <laughs> uh 42 point over under i'm sorry for laughing giants fans however i think that's funny uh that you guys have playoff aspirations but are home underdogs at teddy bridgewater and company that sucks yep um one of the main people that i've already gotten questions about for this week is do i start javante williams flex yes are, are you flexing him yeah flex yes uh, it, i think it obviously depends on your alternative options though um, yeah but that's, you rather that's always a consideration of flex. I mean, yeah. your lineup you rather, is dependent on other options. <laughs> would you rather flex Javante or Ronald Jones? Oh, fuck. Uh, Javante. Okay. Um, upside, like touchdown upside, I think is worse. Uh, but workload possibility is possibly better. Yeah. Um, and that's, and, I think, speaks to the uncertainty of the Tampa backfield more than the certainty of the Denver backfield. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I'm comfortable with Javante this week as, like Randy said, as a flex. I think I'll have him in my top 36. I just don't really know where, and I don't know that he finishes as an RB2. Uh, I'll probably uh, pivot on some of those when you guys give me alternative options, uh, if you ask me more. Um, can you start any Giants at all, including Saquon? Um, if Saquon's full go, I think you start him. Uh, uh, first of all, that. Yes, being Christian have been saying one of the only defenses we we care to draft and redraft leagues that you have defenses is the Broncos, uh, especially for the early schedule. This is the start of it, so uh, they're going to be cheap and effective at DFS. Uh, I would I, I anywhere I have them, I'm starting them this year right now. Yeah. Uh, that being said, that doesn't mean fantasy upside can't be on the other side. I would only play Saquon though. <laughs> Uh, only for the uncertainty in the passing game so far. Um, and and I, Evan Ingram being hurt. I mean, Evan like, Ingram hurt, and he had the best matchup, I would say, um, because Justin Simmons probably would have taken him, but if he didn't cover him the whole time, then he has the best matchup on the field because Galladay's going up against Sertain, I would say. And, and he might not even – he'll probably be on a pitch count. I mean, he'll be on a pitch count, and it's Teddy who isn't going to throw the the fifty fifty ball. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> for that reason, I I am out on Galladay for the most part, uh, yeah. depending on who you decide between. And then, I guess Sterling Shepard, I'd be okay with. But again, it's the same thing. I, I don't feel strong on any of them. Uh, the Denver defense is good. They're going to get to Danny Dimes early and often. Uh, who has a turnover problem? So, yeah. I'll probably rank Saquon as an RB2 this week, but obviously you start him. You drafted him. But that, that I think that's fair only – he could also be at a pitch count. So for that reason, it's kind of hard to justify saying that it's wrong to be his RB2 for Saquon yeah. uh, against a good defense. Yeah. Are we both taking the Broncos? Broncos, here? yeah. That's, that's why it sucks that Teddy uh, is given the job early. I've said for a while the Denver schedule early is easy. Whoever the quarterback was was going to look pretty good. Um, I think the offense will look solid because of guys like Javante and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton just kind of getting open. But, um, yeah. 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 Teddy's like – I do have my quarterback rankings kind of fleshed out. Teddy's like RB or QB 16 or so. So, yeah. Uh, he's going to have a good day. All right, next game. Green Bay Packers at New Orleans Saints. Uh, the Saints are four-point home underdogs, and the over/under here is 50 points. I just wrote here Robert Tunyon. Do you think that you can play Robert Tunyon Week One against the Saints? Yeah. Do you have confidence level scale one to ten? A tight end one. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, Jameis is debuting against a brand new defense, and when I say brand new, that means just a new scheme. Uh, Mike Patton is out, and. Yeah, uh, I can't remember who they hired off the top of my head. I'm sorry. That's bad podcasting. However, uh, Joe Woods sounds right. Um, but so they're they're in a new scheme. They're all they got confused a lot in the preseason, and so Jameis might have a little bit easier of a day than most would project. However, weapons not all there for Jameis. Marquez yeah. Callaway will be his wide receiver one. Are you starting Jameis in like super flex leagues, Randy? I mean, that's a. I mean, obviously at the super flex position, uh, so it is a 
a conversation of what other quarterbacks you have, I would say, instead of what other position players you could play um, for that aspect. So I don't think it's that bad of a play at quarterback, um, but I don't think he's like top 15. Um, he has the upside only because of a shootout possibility. But again, with the weapons being so kind of inept um, and not really working with most of them throughout this whole preseason because of injury, I I would uh, kind of fade him to an extent. Yeah, it's like a wait and see game, I think, for Jameis. Um, Which to an extent you kind of are doing with all the receivers uh, and possibly even Trotman. Um, so, I mean, the only person I would like fully be comfortable with for them is Kamara, obviously, um, with some flex consideration at the wide receiver position. But even then, we we know who won the preseason with everyone out. Uh, I don't know if that continues fully. Yeah, I don't, we'll see. Uh, I I think Callaway is a decent flex option this week, but is is he getting shadowed by Jair? Probably. And yeah, so, <laughs> and and then yeah, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I'd probably wait so and Kamara. see. <laughs> yeah, Kamara. Uh, are we taking the Packers here? Yes. Yeah. Same. All right. Uh, two more games than our bold predictions, and we'll get out of here. Uh, Sunday night football is the Chicago Bears at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are seven and a half point home favorites. Uh, Forty-four point over under. Andy Dalton is starting. We know that. Uh, is this the sacrificial lamb game? Do we still think that Justin Fields starts week two? Like, uh, I, I don't think Justin Fields did. starts week two. Yeah. So uh, Dalton's going to get his ass kicked. Uh, Bears are going to get their ass kicked. Um, yeah. I I struggle to say I'd be confident now in Robinson. I think Mooney, to an extent, you could be somewhat safe with um, as a flex option. Nothing like high upside or anything. Uh, I think Montgomery would be a flex option as well this week uh, just because of a strict defense he's going against. Would you rather play Monty or Javante? Let's wait till Thursday because um, <laughs> that's, that's a close one. And I think that speaks to how good the, the Rams defense is. And I, I think we should say, like, it is a different defensive coordinator. Um, so let's not, like, overly state how good they could be. But – um, it's going to be some shift, but they're still going to be good. Um, I think the focus on the Spurs offense should be Montgomery. Um, I think Dalton could have some sack and turnover issues, uh, and that could also happen. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if like something like that happened. They were just getting destroyed just physically. And Dalton's getting destroyed, and Fields comes out to give him a spark. Um, but I, it just doesn't seem like Maggie. You know, like it just doesn't see like if it was Smart Trubisky, thing. if his Trubisky and uh, Foles. Well, Foles, thank you. I, I almost said Fields. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's why I stopped. Um, then I could see it because that was like a true like a uh, fuck. I don't I don't know. <laughs> uh, but right. this is like okay, this is the federal we decide to come in versus the guy we didn't think we'd be able to get in the draft. Uh, right. Who's played well. And, I mean, he has had some rookie struggles in the preseason, but that's mainly just him getting hit from the blind side from what I've basically seen. Uh, yeah, it's, you it's know. him not recognizing that he needed to shift his own protection, probably yeah. thinking that his offensive line was a little better than it is, but it's bad. Yeah. Uh, and the that's starting the other, offensive that's, line is bad. That's the real consideration of 
uh, Montgomery being lower for me this week um, uh, than his talent level would dictate. This just yeah. because that offensive line isn't as good as it could have been even this year. Um, yeah. So it's just, eh. yeah, it's tough. Rams running back clarity. Do you think we see a heavy dose of Daryl Henderson with Sony kind of working in? Yes. Um, yeah, I think that shift doesn't really come this first week. Um, but I, I don't. Do well, and we're oh, not sorry. along the same lines of those, anyways, of those shifts, quote unquote. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I think that what clarity I'm looking for from the running back is what, if any, the passing game work goes to. Um, because in yeah. theory, no one. <laughs> I mean, like, there's not. Yeah, they don't have like the go-to pass catching back uh, between Sony and Henderson. Uh, both are, I would say along the same levels of they've done it. They didn't look bad in that role, but that's not what they've been in the NFL. Uh, so I do think we should put a little stock into the Patriots uh, just putting Sony on display, getting Sony some pass catching work. It's almost as if the Rams said, hey, can you throw the ball to Sony a little bit and so we can evaluate if he can catch? And so I think we might see him on pass catching downs. Again, I, I but if that's the other thing. Like James White and Burkhead being there has always stifled Sony's pass catching usage. Uh, he was used as the pass catching back at Georgia. Uh, I, I, I think that's, uh, you know, like, it, it, he can I mean, it. It's just how that is, you know? Yeah, so, sure. yeah. All right. Uh, we're both taking the Rams, even with the seven and a half point, right? Yeah, I think I take the points, too. This is going to be a yeah. slaughter. Yeah, it's it's not going to be good. But if that means more Justin Fields earlier, all in on that, because he is my most rostered player in fantasy football. <laughs> uh, so uh, last game that we have to talk about here is the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Uh, at the Las Vegas Raiders, almost said Oakland. Uh, Raiders are four-point home underdogs. Randy is taking a drink uh, because it's going to be rough. 51-point over-under. It's just not a good start to go against. Um, <laughs> it's not. Tanner Muse got cut today, so that's cool. Yeah. It, well, that didn't play. Um and shouldn't have been a third round pick in the first. Like, yeah, but it's not like he was like an eighth round pick, you know. Like he was, he was yeah. like a, he was like a fourth, fifth round, yeah, uh, pick. Um, and it's not like the Raiders uh, overdraft anyone. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, I don't think this is a bad game for the Raiders. I just think it's not a great starting matchup for uh, Raiders fans. Um, they won't be able to run the ball, I think, that efficiently necessarily. Uh, so I don't think we're going to get a lot of clarification wise on how good this offensive line could be. Um, passing wise, they're going to struggle because this Ravens secondary is pretty solid and their pass rush is decent. Um, linebackers are fast, so it's going to be difficult to really get a lot going. Uh, they probably try and keen on Waller. They did that last year, I believe. I want to say they faced. I could be thinking of something else, but. Um, uh, it might have been the year before, but it could be. But either way, that game they tried to focus on Waller. It still didn't work. I think Waller's a safe play, um, with probably just not overall tight end one upside. I'd say uh, I think still a tight end one, and then um, hopefully, Rugs. hopefully Rugs can get open deep. 
hopefully Edwards can uh, play. <laughs> Not get over play. Uh, I don't <laughs> give a shit if he gets open. Uh, I want to see him on the field. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, all we've seen is hype. Uh, exactly. I, know. <laughs> I think the best side for him is John Brown requesting his release kind of being told he was uh, not going to be a full-time starter. Uh, so he has to leave um, and he'll probably be a lion in about a week and a half. Uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I hope Edwards can do anything. I wouldn't play Renfro, uh, even though he's probably going to be the second most targeted. I just don't have high expectations uh, for the, for the Raiders offense, just because it gets a good, a good defense and an offense that's going to kill the clock. I mean, yeah. Are you starting Gus confidently this week? Confidently as a back at RB2, yes. Okay, see, um, I see Gus as like an RB1 fringe this week. I'm saying think? confidently. Uh, I don't think Gus Edwards is the transcendent running back. Um, he is nowhere near as good as Dobbins in my eyes. Obviously, Dobbins is hurt, so it doesn't matter. But I think Lamar may break his rushing record so far in the NFL this year uh, yeah. because of not relying as much uh, on Edwards and eventually Le'Veon Bell, I assume. Um, Gross. <laughs> not Just really. Give it, give it, to it makes sense. No, nah, it makes sense to have Bell, but uh, just for their offense, it does. Um, Hollywood Brown could have a good day. Um, if he's full go, that is. Yeah. He is seemingly the healthiest receiver. Maybe Sammy Watkins could have a good week. It's week one. It is week uh, one. Sammy Watkins is going off, bro. He's he's a wide receiver one this week. He I watched. will say I don't know how I feel about Andrews to an extent for upside. Um, the Raiders have had some struggles against tight ends in the past, but they did draft like four safeties. So you <laughs> And they've traded for and signed like six different linebackers. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, maybe someone can cover a tight end at least any extent. That's why I'm so confused by the Tanner Muse cut because I thought that's what his role was going to be. His his role was on special teams. Yeah, that's that's why he got cut. They they've brought in like three veteran linebackers over the last month. Uh, Someone was going to get cut. (laughs) Yeah. I figured it would be one of the safeties, although Muse technically was a safety before he moved to linebacker, and so it kind of was one of the safeties. But uh, yeah, I'm starting all the Ravens. That's that's what I would say. I yeah, I, I would feel pretty confident starting all of them. Um, maybe not Hollywood as much as you're confident in that, but uh, I just I'm more confident in the Raiders giving up a big play. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's fair. But right. I'm not as confident as Lamar hitting it. So here we are. Exactly. Uh, we're both taking the Ravens. And yeah, the Ravens unfortunately. Here, right? <laughs> sorry, sorry, man. All right. Uh, that'll do it for our week one preview. That was long winded. We're sorry. We're going to zip through these bold predictions and get out of here before uh, Thursday, where we have our starts and sits of the week uh, and something else. Probably. Um, who knows? Who knows what we'll do on Thursday, but all right, first bold prediction. I'll go first. It's something I've said already, so it's not new news. Uh, but my bold prediction is that Mike Williams finishes it as a wide receiver two this year. I think Herbert uh, will be utilizing his ex receiver. That is Mike Williams this year. Um, and I think that he's going to get a lot of targets. I think we're going to see 
upwards of eight, nine, ten a game. And I think this week it might not look like it. Uh, but I do believe that Mike Williams can finish inside the top 24. The disclaimer for all of mine, I don't have any of these projected. Mike Williams now is my 25 or 26. Uh, so I'm going against my rankings to give you some of these bold predictions, but I think it can happen for Mike. Let's hear your first bold prediction. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, clearly, I'm not against the Mike Williams bet. Again, it's not what I projected, but it's not far off. Um, my first one, I don't think it's that bold necessarily, but uh, it would be history. So Kyler, because the first QB to throw for 4,000 yards and rush for 1,000 yards, I think the only question is if he gets to the 1,000 rushing yards, um, I think he could have possibly gotten it last year or at least been 900 and 950 um, but he got hurt, and I think it really delayed uh, a rushing for, I'd say, I mean, he missed like a game or two, but uh, I I, yeah. I think for like five games, it really deterred the rushing. Uh, I think if he doesn't get banged up at all, I think he gets this. Yeah, I I don't hate it. I don't have it projected that way, but it's close enough. No, but he's I closest. I have him at like 44, 4,500 passing. And I have him at like 890, 877 rushing. Uh, so it's a little bit closer to last year's numbers rushing conservative-wise. But uh, I think it's easily possible that he has two decently bigger games than I have projected. I mean, that's literally what we're talking here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, my next one here, Russell Wilson. I have him projected as my QB4, I believe. However, this bold prediction is that he cooks all year and he finishes as the overall QB1. He has been drafted as the QB6 or 7 for most of this offseason. I understand everyone. I, I tweeted that this was a possibility, and everyone pushed back and said, yeah, he always fades down the stretch. Well, they have all, always turned back to the running game. I don't think that happens this year. So I think Russell and Wilson could be. They turned back to the running game last year because of a a two or three game stretch against really tough passing defenses uh, that they struggled against. Yeah. Uh, if that doesn't happen, I, I think Russell wasn't the MVP last year, um, yeah. or at least very, very close. Even I know he's close still, but yeah, I am at six. I have him 52 points behind Josh Allen in totality. Uh, I think that is a doable outcome. Sweet. All right. Uh, my second one is Damian Harris is top three in the league in touchdowns, um, which in theory makes up for his lack of passing work because of James White um, and leads to probably overdrafting him next year, even though Stevenson actually will probably get more reps next year and they'll draft someone next year at the running back position because they always do. Uh, so uh, yeah. I, I think he has a solid year. Um, I think he probably is an RB2. Um, by the end of it, I believe before I even fully have corrected projections, he was about RB30 to 34 uh, with Sony Michelle splitting work. Uh, so I don't think Ramondre gets as much work as Sony deserved, at least early. Um, and that was also with Cam at quarterback. Uh, so I think he's easily in contention for anywhere from 26 to 15 yeah i yeah i mean not I'm derrick henry this. not chick not nick chubb i want to clarify that yeah. but 
you can be Legarrette Blunt was very very useful uh, multiple seasons because of touchdowns. Uh, I think that's what we're looking at this year. Yeah, I think I I like this one. I don't think I ever projected that way again, but I mean, that, well, that would leading, be wild. Top three in the league at touchdowns can be ten to fifteen touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, I I don't see. I think I probably have him at like, without correcting it, at like six to eight. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think I ended up giving him when I corrected twelve. So maybe I do have it that way. Um, yeah, and it could be the case. All right. Um, my last one is that Nick Chubb has a Dalvin Cook level rise he starts getting involved in the passing game and he finishes as a top three running back this year maybe behind dalvin cook um and everyone will say but kareem hunt yep i understand i understand kareem's there nick chubb needs to get the ball in space uh the browns saw that in the playoffs i've been on this for a while i think nick chubb catches uh he has a career high in catches this year and so uh, I am, I don't, again, he's my RB eight or nine. However, I think that it's a very real possibility that Nick Chubb finishes within the top three. Um, it's, I, I'm not against this by any means. Um, it's not where I would draft him, obviously. Uh, not me neither. I, I'm not a full proponent of even drafting him in the first round necessarily. Uh, maybe at the turn, maybe at the very back end of it, it's a consideration. Uh, I just have other guys, I think, especially PPR, that can do a little bit more consistently. Uh, but I will say, I don't understand how it's not a hot take that Nick Chubb can be the league-leading rusher with Kareem Hunt, but can't be a top-five running back with Kareem Hunt. I think that's ridiculous and atrocious, especially in a high-scoring offense. Uh, I'm I'm with you, necessarily. Um, again, it's a bold prediction, so it doesn't have to come true, but uh, okay. I could see it happening. Yeah. And my last one is probably our most bold prediction, which is so weird yeah. <laughs> for what, like uh, what what we are. Uh, <laughs> but I, I saw a lot of people making fun of this whole Jalen Waddles this year's Justin Jefferson articles and J- Devonta Smith is this year's Jail- uh, Justin Jefferson, not Jalen Waddle. It's like, okay, but... That's going to be Abonra, St. Brown, for me. Uh, it's a guy I had ranked close to them in the draft process, talent-wise overall. He goes to a situation. I, I would say that Devonta has a close to as much possibility of workload, like just getting taken, like target share-wise. Um, and I would say Devonta is clearly the wide receiver one first team where Abonra still has to earn that right over the – always injured Tyrell Williams. Uh, but I I think there's every chance that one of Amonra Tyrell Williams is a top 30 wide receiver this year uh, just because there's simply fucking no one else. Uh, and they're both pretty talented. I think Amonra more so. So I'm going to give him the nod, especially in a slot to outside working role, which fits, I think, uh, Jared Goff more. Uh, and I would take the reliability of health-wise of Alvin Moore. I think he is probably looked at as the best rookie receiver this year. That's bold. That's I. Do you have Devonta's top twenty-four? No. So but why I don't why have? That, but that's, but that's what I'm time. saying, though. If he's if he is this, then I mean, he's I guess the best rookie receiver this year. Yeah. 
Yeah. Points were, we're, t- we're talking production, not talent. But I know. Yeah, I mean, I haven't looked at my uh, rankings and where he landed after I updated it. I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um, projections. I think he's I, still pretty far out. But I think I would probably have him anywhere from like 36 to 42 off of how my projections normally go. Um, maybe 45, but uh, I have Jacoby Myers at 40 so far for what that's worth. And uh, we've been on here. He's an A1 of mine. <laughs> you know, like that's what we're saying here. A guy I truly believe in, I have at 40 as a conservative approach. I think I'm going along the same lines. All right. Well, they're bold for a reason, right? That's the yep. fun part of this. So, uh, all right, guys, that'll do it for this episode of The Cut. Remember, we have shows debuting this week, so make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're on YouTube or on your favorite podcast app listening to this back. Uh, make sure you guys follow us at The Cut FFB and turn on our live video notifications. Uh, do whatever you can to make sure you're getting all these good uh, podcasts in your headphones because these podcasters are going to come at you with a lot of good content. College football cut is debuting this week. We're very excited for that. DFS deep dive is debuting this week. We're very excited for that. Uh, And our start sit show will be live on Sunday. So a lot of good stuff coming your way. Randy, do you have anything to add before we bounce out of here? Uh, No, man, I I'm excited for Thursday. Start sit first one of the year. Um, and we might go more in depth on like the Thursday show. That's kind of our Thursday game. That's kind of the usual proceedings for that show. We might clarify something else or something because we kind of covered it this week. Um, but usually expect our couple start since these positions, uh, for both of us. And I, I'm so excited for week one. I know I will be working Sunday morning, so I will not be on that start to live stream. Uh, but that doesn't matter. Uh, I will help as much as I can on answering questions in that and especially sent to us on Twitter maybe later than the show goes. Uh, But either way, this this is going to be such a fun week. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be crazy. A lot of of people are going to be tucking their uh, tails uh, between their legs a little bit, I think, with some of the takes I've seen recently. And one of them could be me. I could be... Eating shit. This can't week. wait for so many victory laps for no reason. So it's yeah. it's the yeah. same. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be fun. But all right, we will be back with you guys Thursday morning on your favorite podcast app. We will be live again uh, next Monday at ten thirty p.m. Eastern time for Randy Hall. I am Christian Williams. We will talk to you guys later. Peace. Check out King Fantasy Sports' draft kit and get the advantage over your league mates this draft season. Do the right preparation and start your season off right. You'll get rankings, breakouts, busts, values, and sleepers. Have some funky settings? Learn how to make your own projections. Stop sitting on the sidelines and buy it now. Use our promo code THECUT to get an additional 10% off. We're talking $10 to get everything you need in your arsenal to not just compete, but dominate. Check out the link in the description of this podcast episode. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports and esports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive's game concept revolves around player props, which are simple over-unders on player stats. There are contests for traditional sports including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and Cricket, as well as esports titles including CSGO, Dota 2, League of Legends, 
and more coming soon. Here's how to play. Choose your lineup of over-unders for top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Each prop has a fantasy point total based on how likely it is to hit. The more points the selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points and win a share of the prize pool. Bribe is awarded over $2 million in cash, so come and prop up today. Use promo code THECUT to get matching deposits up to $50 with a minimum deposit of $20. Thank you to Thrive Fantasy.